0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the popcast cafe podcast i'm your host kavia and i'm so excited to have you all back here for episode 25 of the podcast this is so surreal to me And I'm so grateful for every single one of you that's out there and actually listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. I'm so glad that you're actually enjoying it. I absolutely love recording these episodes weekly. It's something that I genuinely take a lot of pride in doing. I've become very passionate about it. And I never needed inspiration to watch TV, but it definitely makes it more exciting as I'm going through these shows for you guys. And also, I just absolutely love the more deeper meaning behind stuff or really analyzing things and picking up on metaphors. And taking notes for these shows, basically for the podcast, has helped me understand a lot of these things more. It's also helped my understanding of marketing and, you know, promo, brands, advertisement, all that kind of stuff and really take notice of that. So that's been really beneficial to me and what I want to do with my career. It's really helped me gain more of a foundation to where I feel like I'm a little bit more knowledgeable just with what I'm picking up um, from different things. And yeah, so this is really, really exciting for me. Before I get into this week's topic, please, please, please go ahead and hit that follow button and turn on the notification bell. You will be notified every single time I post, which is Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is my time zone. Also, please... Check the bio. There's a lot of different links there. Um, you get linked to the TikTok, the Instagram, uh, my stand Twitter, which is completely open. By the way, please feel free to DM me either suggestions if you want to talk, um, anything, literally anything. At the point of this podcast, you know, I want to be friends with all of you guys. So reach out, talk to me. I would love to talk back. I respond to all of my DMs. Um, please also check out any of the other links. I have my TV time there. It's the best way to see what I'm watching in real time, know what I'm keeping up with, know what I've binged, all that good stuff. My letterbox, great for movies. Um, then you'll be aware of the movies that I've seen that are brand new. Um, that's also a great way for me to be like, for you guys to be like, hey, I've seen that you've seen this movie. You have a review. Could you review it on the podcast, maybe? Something like that. And then my Goodreads, the best way to see what I'm reading in real time, see my thoughts on these different books that I'm reading. Um, I'm currently at this very moment on... March 25th, 2022, reading The Spanish Love Deception, so you could see like my thoughts on that book as it goes on. So yeah, it's a great way to do all that kind of stuff. So please check out all of those, and thank you so much again. I'm so thankful to be doing this podcast, so grateful that I'm at episode 25. This is hopefully the first of many, many milestones. Can't wait to hit 50, and then 75, and then 100, and oh my gosh, it's gonna be amazing. But without further ado, let's actually get into this week's topic, which is, of course, How I Met Your Father. So, for starters, let's talk about How I Met Your Mother for a second. I'm a really, really big How I Met Your Mother fan. It is in my top three sitcoms. My top three sitcoms, for those of you who don't know, in no particular order, are How I Met Your Mother, Modern Family, and New Girl. And I've seen, like, so many sitcoms. Of course, I've seen The Office, and I've seen Friends, and I've seen Seinfeld, even though that's kind of an old one. I've seen Parks and Rec, I've seen Superstore, I've seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, I've seen Boy Meets World, oh well Boy Meets World actually is kind of also in my top, it doesn't technically count in my top three, so my top four maybe, because oh my gosh, I have so much attachment to that show, like genuinely, but <laughs> for the most part, I've seen, I've literally seen everything, I've seen everything popular, I've seen the things that are less popular, not as well known, but uh, yeah, I, How I Met Your Mother is definitely in my top three, and Barney and Robin from How I Met Your Mother Oh my gosh, hands down, my number one sitcom ship of all time, and they're also in my top five TV ships of all time. They're in probably fourth place, third or fourth. It kind of jumps around. Um, It's Clois from Smallville, Pacey and Joey from Dawson's Creek, uh, Spuffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Swarkles, which is of course Barney and Robin from How I Met Your Mother, and then either Cappy and Casey from Greek or Jackie and Hyde from That 70s Show but it's such like an interesting mix. Like I realized like most of those shows are not like as popular. So, you know, at least today. So yeah, it's a unique top five, I guess. <laughs> um, but I absolutely love them. And Robin was by far my favorite character on the original show. I loved Robin, Like loved her so much, but, um, I also loved Barney and I loved Marshall and I also really liked Lily and I loved Tracy. She was so sweet. Um, I think like the only character I didn't really like was but I mean that's highly to be expected I did not I was not a fan of him it was giving very much Ross Geller from Friends is the best comparison that I can possibly give so essentially I'm a huge How I Met Your Mother fan but I will not say that I went into the show with very high expectations necessarily because I wasn't sensing that there was going to be this huge connection between How I Met Your Mother and How I Met Your Father like I was really kind of like okay this is a whole different show on its own so I very much went in with an open mind ready to kind of look at fresh perspectives, new characters, all that good stuff. Um, I did not want to go in already having thoughts about whatever, or thinking I wasn't going to enjoy it, or not going to enjoy the humor as much. I did not want to do any of that, Um, so I kind of went in super fresh-faced, and I have to say that I did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, It's obviously not How I Met Mother, of course, but honestly, I don't even really want to compare them. I mean, I think there's very notable differences and I think that there's a lot of things that make How I Met Your Father a good show just on its own as a good standalone. So let's talk about that. I mean first I want to say the fact that obviously, I mean obviously, there's a laugh track on the show and for whatever reason that was so jarring to me just because yes, I rewatch How I Met Your Mother episodes on a very consistent basis and that has a laugh track and I watch Friends all the time and that has a laugh track and so many shows have them and of course i grew up watching disney channel and nickelodeon and those had laugh tracks but for whatever reason just watching like a super new modern show with a laugh track really threw me off even though i have seen a couple modern shows with laugh tracks i don't know why like i like spun for a second <laughs> but uh yeah I, I i i don't really have a good explanation as to why that was the case but i just thought that was funny and i wanted to point that out okay so let's first talk about the first immediate How I Met Your Mother and How I Met Your Father connection that's kind of given right from the first episode, and that's the fact that the apartment that um, Jesse and Sid live in, I want to say that is their apartment, right? Yes, Jesse and Sid is the same apartment that, of course, Marshall, Lily, and Ted are in in the first bit of How I Met Your Mother. It's the same one. And um of course it becomes Marshall and Lily's home and they still have the swords on the wall and it was just the most adorable but very subtle throwback to the original. And I think what I appreciate in these kinds of shows more, and it's something I also appreciated um, in like Saved by the Bell, and a lot of other reboots, is that when they throw the more subtle nods to the original, it's a lot more appreciated. Because yes, it can definitely fly over the head of someone who's watching for the first time, because they're not gonna pick up on it. And that's fine, because new viewers are to be expected. Um, this is a new show, it's a new generation. However, for the people who do come back, it's a very sweet, kind of subtle, but doesn't try too hard to be nostalgic moment. So those are the kinds of things I really appreciate just from a writing perspective. Throwing those in, I feel like are very, it's just very, very appropriate and definitely I think serves the purpose I know they're actually trying to go for a little bit better. So very, very strong points there. So let's go into my favorite thing to do, which is of course the character breakdown. So let's start with Sophie, who's of course played by my queen Hillary Duff, and she is essentially supposed to be the Ted counterpart. And I don't really compare any of these characters to the original characters. Sophie's kind of the only one I do that with, and that's just because main character. That's it. They don't really have any of the same personality traits. So Sophie is a photographer. Um, they live in New York City, obviously, and their main hangout spot is also a bar, but it's a different one. And. Uh, Yeah, so she's an aspiring photographer. She wants to make it big, Um, big dreams, very bubbly, uh, hopeless romantic type, very sweet, kind, loving, everybody loves her type energy. So definitely not the same as Ted because Ted was not lovable at all, but Sophie loved her so much. I think Hillary Duff is so perfect for this kind of role. Um, she was very much giving Lizzie McGuire Grown Up, which is, oh my gosh, you know I'm always going to be here for that because I've mentioned quite a few times on this podcast, actually, that Lizzie McGuire was my childhood icon. Like, you have no idea. I grew up with that girl. I related to that girl more than I related to anybody ever. So, absolutely loved it. Um, so, anyways, so Sophie, yeah, I I think she probably is my favorite character, Um, and I love when a main character is actually my favorite character on the show. It doesn't always happen, but it's happened before. Um, cough, cough, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But anyways, I really, really like Sophie. I think she's a great character. I think Hilary Duff portrays her perfectly, which is to be expected. Like, this is Hilary Duff. Um, so yeah, loved her. Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so then we have Valentina, who is, oh my gosh, wow, ball of energy. Um, she's very much like okay, so she's Sophie's best friend, they have their own place together, and they're giving, I don't even want to sit, give sitcom comparison friendships, but they kind of have these a little bit different personality traits, like obviously Valentina is a lot cooler, she's definitely the more like fashionable type, um, she's cooler, she has this like younger appeal to younger people, she's more active. Um, She's, like, very romantically desired. So she's, like, that kind of character. Um, Absolutely love her, though. I feel like her and Sophie have a really good contrasting relationship where their personalities are very different but complement the other really well. I think they effectively serve as a really good pair of best friends for us to kind of root for and watch as we continue with however many seasons this show gets so I'm a really big fan of their friendship I thought it was really cute um very simplistic obviously it's a sitcom I never have as much to say about sitcoms as I do about dramas and stuff for all the obvious reasons but um I really appreciated just kind of how their friendship was structured. I thought it was really cute. And I also thought it made sense because sometimes you get these friendships on shows that are pre-established. You don't watch them get made or anything. They're pre-established friendships and you kind of wonder like why they're friends to begin with. But for whatever reason, it kind of just clicks. Like I get it because they're not, opposites in the way where they have nothing in common. Like, they definitely have differences in the way they talk, and the way they behave, and all of that is so good and true, but they have so much in common. They like a lot of the same things, and they bond about similar things, and that's something that a lot of TV friendships lack sometimes. They're so different that you start to wonder, how are they even friends in the first place? But this, to me, makes a lot of sense. So that's something, again, I appreciated from a writing perspective. So then we have Jessie, who... It's kind of like the obvious, like, oh, he's the father type pick, like, they would kind of give the whole Ted and Robin thing, like, where you would think, like, this is kind of the obvious route to go. I don't want to make those assumptions yet, because the show has not aired in full, and I can't even fully say if I ship Sophie and Jesse or not. I do like them, but I'm not sure yet. So, Jesse is very much the more brooding kind of gave up on love type guy. He's in the dumps a lot. He's more of a pessimist versus Sophie is more of an optimist. Um, so he's an aspiring musician and his ex-girlfriend is this woman, Meredith, who is played by Leighton Meester actually. And, um, he has this epic proposal fail basically where he performs and then he proposes to her and she basically says no. And this video goes viral all over the internet. So he's very much like in the dumps head, like just, oh my gosh they have that. And I, th- so I think just from that perspective, Sophie and Jesse also have those contrasting opposite personality traits. And I think this is established in episode three where Jesse's kind of like, oh, Sophie, you're like this hopeless romantic, blah, blah, blah. Like you're like this, you don't understand what love is really like, whatever it may be. And Sophie kind of explains like her home life and just how things were really tough um, with her family and her um, upbringing and her parents getting divorced and then her mom going from relationship to relationship to relationship and her kind of always having to pick up those pieces so you know we're given that glimpse into Sophie's life which is of course adds a little bit of more depth to Sophie's character so I think her and Jesse definitely have that complementary personality type thing but I can't say for sure if this is going to be who the father actually is or what this scenario is but I mean I guess we'll definitely have to see further down the line because I cannot fully make this judgment and assessment right now. So let's talk about Sid. So Sid is Jesse's best friend. They live together as well. So it's very much giving Rachel and Monica, Joey and Chandler, basically. So Sid is, um, he went to med school, so he's very smart. Um, He owns the bar, the bar that they all hang out with, or at, he owns that bar. So that's cool, I guess. Um, He's giving... Also very upbeat character energy. I think the way Sophie and Valentina complement each other is the same way Jesse and Sid do. Um, They have a lot of those very different personality traits, but to the point where it still makes sense as to why they're friends in the first place. Um, So like Jesse, like I said, is always more down in the dumps versus Sid is always more about creating new possibilities. Um, He's more of the funny type making jokes more trying to get jesse to loosen up inspire him whatever it may be but they do have a lot in common and things that they actually like that it makes a lot of sense as to why they're friends like i think about that episode which i think was six or seven when they get super distracted with online videos and they paint themselves as birds or whatever and then they get locked out and it's just this whole funny thing and it you know it it shows like they have a lot of those goofy similarities so their friendship makes a lot of sense so then we have Charlie. And Charlie is Valentina's boyfriend. And he works at Sid's bar. He's one of the bartenders. And he's British. <laughs> so he's from the UK. Um, so he has an accent. And he's definitely a little bit dense. He's not the brightest tool in the shed. Not very smart. Um, but he kind of plays like that dumb Brit type character. He's not the brightest, but he loves Valentina so much. Um, so he's a lot of times like I can't even say comic relief because it's a sitcom, so they're all comic relief, question mark? I don't know. But uh, he kind of breaks a lot of that awkwardness. Like, for example, whenever there's these tense moments where everyone's getting kind of tense around each other, he kind of breaks that ice and he's like, says something stupid, and it's like, oh, you know, whatever. And uh, he's not taken seriously on the show for the longest while because it's just whatever um but i think as it continues he shows a lot more of his own personality depth and he's like there's definitely more to me um and he starts to really value his relationship with valentina and he starts to really 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 fall in love with her and he's like i would love if you could actually feel the same way you know so there's all these different things and um he's overall very sweet so that's cool i guess <laughs> okay so let's talk about ellen so Ellen is Jesse's sister, who's also in the friend group, and I probably have the least to say about Ellen, and that's really sad, because I don't dislike Ellen at all, I'm not even neutral on Ellen, I like Ellen, it's just I think she was given the least depth as a character, or the least kind of prominent presence, so I think of anything, she's, so she's the unemployed one of the group, but more where she's like, she's really wants to get back into the... Or get into the workforce, like actually get a job. She wants to be successful. She has all these aspirations for herself, and she feels like ultimately a bit of a failure that she's not able to reach all these things that she wants to. Um, A lot of her storylines revolve, okay, so she is a lesbian, so she has a couple of these short little flings with a couple other girls um, on the show that we kind of see, but not given too much depth. Um, There is this one girl that I think I forget her name, but she's like the dead lady's daughter. That I think that could potentially go somewhere in season two, but I'm not sh- totally sure. But I don't know. I think um, it would be really interesting to see um, what they want to do with her. I think also a lot of her scenes um re- or plots revolved around Charlie, which was really interesting because I didn't expect um you know those character I didn't expect those characters to be the ones to be paired together as this kind of unlikely friendship type thing but I think ultimately it worked because he's very much, The more dense type, she's the very loud, oh yes, I think that's a good word to describe her, she's very loud, very talkative, when she starts talking, she talks really fast, that type of character, you know, and she like gets this emotional support cat or something like that, but I think in general she's given the least depth as a character and her storylines are definitely the least interesting, which really sucks because I do like her and her personality, And I think there's a lot of potential to make her a better character and to give her substantial love interests and all this good stuff. So I hope that that's something that the writers actually work into in the future because, like I said, these are all things that I think could really be beneficial. Okay, so let's talk about a few reoccurring characters. Let's first talk about Hannah. So Hannah is Sid's fiancé, but they're married the end of the first season basically but we all know that's not gonna last sorry um so she went to med school with him essentially and she's doing all this post-grad all this future doctorate studies while Sid kind of was like okay I'm doing the bar thing so they're kind of trying to balance this long-distance relationship and figure out how to handle aspects of that in the best most mature way possible so a lot of the things that we see from Hannah, it's definitely the more high-strung type. Um, we don't really see her calm very often. Most of the time she comes on the show, she kind of has this like little bit with Sid. So I, you know, there isn't much to say about her. However, she's still relevant enough that I need to talk about her real quick. So then let's talk about Meredith, played by Leighton Meester. And I talked about her briefly, but she is Jessie's uh, ex-girlfriend, almost fiancé, that the proposal fail happened with. Um, so she's also an artist, and one of her plots on the show is that, uh, she ends up releasing music towards, I think, episode nine or something, and it's basically music about Jesse and how she regrets everything that happened with him, and she wants to get back together with him, so that's kind of this, like, cliffhanger bit we're left off with for a bit before he, you know, it is what it is, but he ends up going to Sophie, but then they have their issue, well, we'll get to that, we'll get to that, (laughs) um, but Meredith, I mean, obviously, it's impossible to hate her, she's played by Leighton Meester, Um, I just, I think, like, Leighton Easter is just one of those people who just doesn't age, because she looks absolutely gorgeous in this show. She still has the cutest little style. It's very similar to Leighton's style, so I like that a lot. Um, but yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about Drew, which is played by Josh Peck, which is so interesting to me, because we are literally seeing Lizzie McGuire and Josh Nichols play, (laughs) like, a couple. So Drew is a principal at the school, and he um, or not a principal, maybe just a teacher, I can't remember for sure, but essentially Sophie and Drew are in this relationship for a while, and it seems to be going really well for quite a bit until they just kind of realize that there are some key differences that stand in the way of their thinking, which is really important as a couple for you guys to be on the same page about certain things, um, and I think, like, their big fallout issue was that Drew doesn't think that Sophie, takes herself seriously enough, and what I mean by that is he doesn't think that she can go about her life just wanting to be a photographer. She thinks it's not serious, he thinks it's not serious enough, and she needs to kind of look towards bigger options, I guess you could say. So essentially, she kind of gets the vibe that he doesn't really understand her or anything like that, and doesn't believe in her, and that's kind of their breaking point a little bit, just finding out that they have those very, very important key differences that are off, and it does not help their relationship function as well. And that's the unfortunate truth of a lot of relationships, and you don't want to be in one of those kinds of situations. So yeah, I think that it's really important that this be discussed, and this be something that is addressed on the show. I do like that they gave her a really substantial love interest that was not the obvious just Jessie, um, because to be completely honest and fair, Sophie and Drew definitely seemed to be working just as a viewer. I wasn't necessarily shipping them or anything, but I didn't mind them together at all. I thought they worked really well for the first several episodes that they were together, you know? And another love interest they gave Sophie at the very beginning was this guy, Ian, and she meets Ian on some dating app, I guess you could say, um, and they meet on this app and they kind of hit it off. And it's really great. And Ian is essentially her perfect, perfect match. But Ian has to go somewhere. I can't remember. He's like traveling away and he's going away for work. So they would have to be long distance. And the cliffhanger that season one kind of leaves off on is Ian comes back and he's here at Sophie's art show to support her and the photography she's done. And you're kind of given this like, whoa, whoa what's going on here type moment so I don't know also literally Sophie's mom is Emily Prentice from Criminal Minds like this show had so many just weird like people just thrown in and Mason Gooding was playing her her like quote-unquote boyfriend-ish her younger rock star boyfriend thing I don't know there's just they just threw a lot of people in here which was so interesting and of course you didn't think I would forget Robin Shcherbatsky like being in the last episode oh my gosh oh my gosh i when i tell you i screamed another person just like layton this woman does not age she looks absolutely incredible her hair looks great she looks great she looked so young rejuvenated oh my gosh i'm literally obsessed with her i was so happy to see robin on my screen again and it just made me really really happy i think she's perfect like i have oh my gosh only fabulously amazing things to say about that whole bit. I loved the conversation she had with Sophie and the advice that she gave Sophie. She's just so wise. I love her. <laughs> so that was a really, really good thing for me. Also, the best part that kind of came from all of that is that she confirmed that she was single. Woohoo. Which means potentially Barney and Robin, endgame, please. I need, like, honestly, even after finishing this whole show, they are still kind of the only character, or ship from this universe that they care about at this point, um, well, also Ted and Tracy, but, you know, that can't happen, and Marshall and Lily, of course, but they're happy, so I don't know, I, I really, I hope that they do something about it, give us fan service, I don't care, like, I don't, I don't even need to see it, I mean, I'd prefer to see it, but, like, I, I just want, like, the verbal confirmation, you know, from these characters, that's all I want. I don't think that's too much to ask. But anyways, so How I Met Your Father follows a similar format of Sophie kind of speaking to her son in the future, and she's telling him the story about the present day, which is 2022, and it's How I Met Your Father. So who do I think the father is? Well, the obvious option is Jesse, um, and I think one of the things that I liked about How I Met Your Father so much that I did not like as much about How I Met Your Mother, How I Met Your Mother is still better, don't worry, but one of the things... That High Mary Mother that kind of disappointed me was that we spend the whole show trying to figure out who the mother is, basically. And we're kind of given this curveball, and we've been following this friend group for several seasons, and then we're thrown Tracy. And I love Tracy with my whole heart, by the way, so this is not a dig at Tracy or of Ted and Tracy, because I love Ted and Tracy. But we're kind of keep throwing this curveball, just brand new character altogether, and she's the mother. So that was something that I was kinda like, what was the, what were what were we guessing for at the beginning, anyways? Um, you know what I mean? But with How I Met Your Father, they confirmed from day one that either Jesse, Sid, Charlie, or Ian was going to be the father. Because when she's talking to her son, she's like, you know, who the father is. And they flashed those four people. So it's confirmed it's one of those four. And that was something I really, really appreciated. Because now we can actually start to make these assumptions and these guesses and place our bets and have fun with it. Um, and we're given the confirmation that we're not going to get thrown some curveball. And even when we get these new characters that Sophie's in relationships with, like Drew, Drew, for all we know, could have been her endgame. game, but it's not going to be the father. You know what I mean? So we're given all those points. And I really, really liked that. And that is something I really, really appreciated. Cause I was like, good, you took your mistake and you're <laughs> going to fix that. Um, so who do I think the father is? I genuinely don't think I can give an answer to this. Um, they're obviously not showing what the son looks like, because that could give a lot away, and they did show what the kids looked like in How I Met Your Mother. So now that we have two people of color involved this time, showing the son, if it's one of theirs, will be very much more obvious, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm excited. I think the really obvious option would be Jesse, which is why I'm really nervous to put all my eggs in that basket and be like, yes, it's Sophie and Jesse. They're endgame. That's the father. I'm really nervous to say all that because if you obviously watched How I Met Your Mother, you know that Barney was kind of that wild card that came in out of nowhere. And then Robin and Barney got together and it's like, whoa, this is the ship. This is the electricity. And then Tracy came out of nowhere and we were like, whoa, Ted and Tracy, like this is it. So they're both just so different. That I don't know if I can make these kinds of assumptions yet. For all I know, it could be Sid. I feel like her and Sid would be great together. Or it could be Charlie. I have no clue. Or maybe it is Ian. I, I really don't know. I think, I don't know if it would be Charlie, but I could totally see it being Sid, to be completely fair and honest. But I think Sid and Valentina would work really well together instead of Charlie and Valentina. I mean, Charlie and Valentina definitely have their moments, and they are cute but I don't know if I can say that that's kind of the ship that I'm shipping, because it's not it for me. Sid and Valentina I feel like would be a great pair. We're always, we're already seeing such a teasing relationship between the two of them, where Valentina kind of makes fun of everything Sid does, or kind of comments on everything Sid does, which is already dynamic. I love in ships, so I don't know, kind of feeling that vibe a little bit, to be totally honest, so I don't know. These are all things that I'm excited to see and excited to see which directions they go in. Um, I also love that they kept the theme song the same but kind of changed the sound of it a little bit. Those were all like really cute aspects. And yeah, I think overall Hulu did a really good job. I'm really excited for season two and kind of see which direction they take this in and what more ships they can give us but for a first season, I would say it was really solid, and I think people being hard on it are really just trying to compare it, but it's fun, you know, because I think with sitcoms, one of the things that sitcoms really love to do is reference things. Sitcoms are all about pop culture, essentially. They reference pop culture, they reference books, movies, TV shows, whatever it may be, celebrities, uh, gossip, and what's really fun about modern day sitcoms is that you can understand a lot of this pop culture stuff a little bit more. That doesn't mean I don't understand half the references going on in earlier sitcoms, but Here, I'm really, really relating to what they're talking about. Like, it's way more relevant to me and my generation. So those are things I just really love and pick up on and appreciate. So overall, I would say it's pretty good. Um, I am really excited for season two. I really enjoyed it, and I definitely have to say that as I continued through the season and as an episode was airing every week, it definitely got progressively and progressively better for me. So yeah, I have all good things to say for the most part. I would love to see more of the original characters. I would love for Sparkle's Endgame, and I would love to see these characters grow even more and kind of get not the obvious ending. So yeah, so that kind of brings us to the end. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 25. Thank you again, Milestone Incredible, and thank you, of course, for listening. Um, It means the world. I hope you all enjoyed listening to my opinions on How I Met Your Father season one. Uh, Don't forget to hit the follow button, turn on the notification bell, check the bio, all that good stuff. And yeah, thanks again, and until next time. Bye!